1: Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Packaday Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire
0: Network. 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this the podcast
2: thursday september 16th 2021 we are officially out of week one thank god after watching that debacle from last sunday the packers uh did not beat the new orleans saints as all three of us predicted on wednesday's show uh instead it was quite the opposite and the good news is the game was uh Nope, there was no good news because the game was not even close. One of those kinds of games that you're pretty much over with and moved on by the middle of the third quarter. So the Saints game is in the past. As Devontae Adams said, flush it and move on. We will see if the Green Bay Packers are capable of doing just that. I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I have flushed one of my co-hosts away. Jimmy Christensen is not with us tonight. And he is tending to uh, a wife that's leaving uh, for, oh, that probably should have been worded better, but his wife is going on vacation. <laughs> uh, so he will, he will be uh, spending his evening with her. Instead, I am joined by Maggie Loney. Uh, no husband leaving, no nothing like that. She was just lucky enough to be able to join <laughs> me tonight. So Maggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for stopping by.
3: Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really hoping that my mic isn't that good to pick up the dog who did wake up from his nap just as we predicted. Um, that this would happen right when the show started. So if you hear a thud, it is the dog. And I'm very sorry, listeners.
2: Uh, Bojack's a welcome co-host as far as I am concerned. And Maggie did say before that she wanted to take advantage of this window because Bojack was napping and now he is not. So he may very well join the show. We will see about that. Uh, somebody that didn't join the season last week was the Packers, uh, thirty-eight to three, as I mentioned, in Jacksonville against New Orleans. I don't think we need to rehash that. I think that's been talked about enough. I think that's been talked about a bunch. Um, it was bad, and Aaron Rodgers and the team says they're you know they kind of moved past it, and it was just one game, and and that is true. If it is just one game. If they do not play well and, God forbid, lose to Detroit, something they have not done since Matt LaFleur became the head coach two years ago to the Lions, and they've only lost one division game in total since LaFleur became the head coach, it's one game until it's not one game anymore. The good news, if you want it, if you want optimism, the Packers have never lost back-to-back regular season games with Matt LaFleur as the head coach, and typically when they bounce back, they do so in a big way. So that is something you could potentially look forward to this week, something else you have to look forward to it's the Lions. Jamal Williams is coming back, so I am excited to see number 30. Albeit, I wish it was not in that Honolulu blue, it will not be in green and yellow. He will be back this weekend. The Lions boast a team that now includes Jared Goff, new starting quarterback, no longer Matthew Stafford, who we've seen for a long time here in Green Bay, TJ Hawkinson, and kind of a hodgepodge group of wide receivers that are kind of still trying to find their way. But Maggie, they did today sign one of your old friends to the practice squad, Geronimo Allison, former green Bay Packer. And one of like the more underrated best throws of Aaron Rodgers' career was caught by Geronimo Allison, the bucket throw in the corner of the end zone against the Chicago bears in the week one comeback of 2018. So, That part is interesting. The lions do have an interesting ish roster and maybe the most interesting coach in the NFL. So that's where we're at with that. Maggie's shaking her head. I don't think she finds Dan Campbell as funny as I do. And that's okay. Uh, I do think the Dan Campbell thing is going to wear thin if they, if they suck, basically Uh, But Maggie, what are your first impressions? Did you catch any of the lions game on Sunday? What are your thoughts kind of digging into this team as we get into the early part of the 2021 season?
1: Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit today and use promo code Code Packaday to save ten dollars on your first order of Packers tickets.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three point five million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a seventy five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash bluewire. Just go to indeed.comslash blue wire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast.
2: marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more
1: at marines.com
0: this episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology they have tons of innovative products like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and HyperVolt massage guns to improve mobility loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
3: So this is going to make me sound really ancient, but Mark and I got red zone for the very first time. We've just never opted into it. But now with the cable package that we have, we got red zone. um, And there was quite a bit of scoring in that game. So it was on red zone quite a bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that you know the the telling part of the game, at least to me right now, or you know, kind of looking at the box score, taking it for what it was, was that Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were the offense. Together, they had over 200 yards from scrimmage. You know, about 100 yards rushing between the tandem, and then another 100 yards receiving between the two of them. So, you know, we saw the Packers for the most part, at least kind of in the first half, contain Alvin Kamara. Uh, but now, when you've got this dual threat, and I know we're gonna get to talking about the defense taking on not only, you know, DeAndre Swift, but Jamal Williams in a really nice tandem there, uh knowing kind of what Jared Goff is at quarterback. I think those are going to be the players to look out for on Monday night or I guess the players that you need to consider containing is that running back duo.
2: Yeah, and it's one of the strengths of their team like you mentioned, you know, Jamal I know had more than more than 100 all-purpose yards. DeAndre Swift like you mentioned had a very good game as well and he's always been the more talented of the backs, since he's come to Detroit, it just hasn't all been able to be put together just yet. Maybe now he's starting to find his way and you start looking at this Packers defense. There ain't a whole lot to get excited about after Sunday afternoon. If you had concerns going into that game about defensive line play, which I did and whether or not they picked the right defensive coordinator, which I did to some degree and cornerback play, which I did to some degree <laughs> None of those questions were answered well. So Maggie, I guess my question about the Packers defense coming out of that Lions game is what was your biggest concern? Some of the stuff, obviously, you know, it's the first game, everything like that. Nobody's saying that it's going to be a complete tire fire all season. But what is your biggest concern coming out of that first game from the line or from the Saints game?
3: I think my concern, and we didn't necessarily expect much to look different. We didn't think that there was going to be like a wholesale change in the scheme or the usage of the personnel going from Mike Petna to Joe Barry. I mean, I think we all kind of expected them to be some minor tweaks um, and just kind of the way that Joe Barry kind of played his players. But to me, the concern was that nothing felt like it had changed at all. And I don't know if this is a Matt LeFleur thing, um, but it feels like in the Lafleur era, when this packers team comes from behind there's a panic element and i think the defense kind of feeds into that if the offense can't get things rolling it feels like everything snowballs and i don't remember who put it on twitter but somebody said that the packers should just absolutely not defer for the rest of the season and they should always take the kickoff if they win the coin toss and i think there's some truth to that like we've seen this packers team put up a ton of points. And when the Packers are in the lead, it feels like the defense plays its best. So I think the concern was, you know, yes, there was less dime or like some of those little tweaks to the defense, but it didn't really feel like there were any wholesale changes. And I think, you know, the pod father, Andy Herman kind of said it best where he said, you know, you swapped out DeAndre Campbell for Christian Kirksey. That's basically the wholesale change that you made to this defense. Like, if your head chef sucks, you know, swapping out one ingredient isn't necessarily going to make the dish taste any better. So I think that's the concern is can Joe Barry do enough with the personnel that's here um, to make changes?
2: Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the part that is, that is interesting. Cause like you said, this was a defense that played well down the stretch last year, Uh, a few tweaks here or there, but otherwise it's basically the same exact group that took the field against Tampa Bay in last year's NFC championship game, which isn't a bad thing. I don't think uh, the, the reason they fired Mike Petton was because they wanted to get over the top, be brought to that championship level defense, something they never were under Mike Petton, no matter what um, revisionist history or anything might like to say, Mike Petton never had this group as a championship level defense uh, in his three years or four years, excuse me in green Bay. So I think that, the Packers have a few things that they need to look at on that side of the ball. You know, I just mentioned a few of their things. There's not a knight in shining armor coming through that door. I can tell you that much. The time to make additions to that team is pretty much gone. They can make a couple small moves here or there, but for example, they're not adding a high impact, play, most likely not adding a high impact player on the defensive line. They're not adding a high impact pass rusher. They're not adding a high impact cornerback or something like that more likely than not. So that's the part that is a little confusing, a little frustrating. I have a take that I've kind of been sitting on as far as the Packers defense goes. And we've, we've seen it and I want to see it play out for the rest of the year before I just completely fire it off. But my thought is that the Packers have not really valued interior defensive line play. Kenny Clark, it's basically been Clark and a lot of Jags and Inside linebackers, we've talked about that at nausea for the last 10 years. But I do wonder if the Packers need to change the way they think about defense and what does and doesn't matter because their defense never seems to be good enough. And those two places seem to be their biggest weak links. However, my biggest concern is at the cornerback spot. And it's the same thing that we talked about last year. I've tried to be patient with Kevin King. I've tried to understand why they brought him back and I do still kind of get it that you'd rather have a veteran and a rookie than just a rookie. But Kevin King was involved directly in three plays on Sunday afternoon. Two of them resulted in touchdowns, and one of them he was put in a spin cycle, and it was a big play by Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris is not Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, someone like that. Bless his heart. The Packers are going to face a lot of good receivers down the stretch of this season. And King just isn't good enough. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. He's had some injury issues. It's not for lack of trying. You know, you listen to him talk. Obviously, he puts a lot of work in his craft, but it's just not there. And I know Matt LaFleur says all the time that when he gets in guys' faces, he's one of the better guys in the league. Well, they don't do that. And I don't, I don't know why that is. If that's what they say publicly, then why isn't he doing that more? I don't know. But you drafted a guy in the first round. They're working out cornerbacks this week. Holton Hill, that's not a, a normal tryout player that they worked out this week. That's somebody who has played some games in the National Football League. It's time for Eric Stokes to play. And I know that they like to be patient and I know that everything is is done a certain way in Green Bay, but he only played eight snaps on defense. That's not enough. And I don't know why he didn't play in the preseason if you weren't going to play him in the regular season. And now is the perfect time against a, a team of, not great receivers to get him ready for some of the guys you are going to see here in the coming weeks. They're going to play Pittsburgh. They've got some good players out there, San Francisco. They have some good players. You just saw what Cincinnati could do. If you watch that Bengals and Vikings game, they've got some good players at the receiver spot. So I'm ready for Eric Stokes. And I'd say that knowing that there could come a point where King is playing again, but your preferred starters shouldn't be him any longer. Um, so that's kind of my thinking on that. And otherwise I think guys just, the good players on this defense need to make plays and the good players on this defense did not make any plays on Sunday. That's what it boils down. Well, Zadarius Smith and Darnell Savage did, but for some reason (laughs) it was roughing the passer. I'm not a hundred percent sure what was going on there, but Maggie, what's your thoughts on the cornerback situation? Are you going to tell me to be a little more patient?
3: No. (laughs) And I think, you know, part of that is evident in, you know, Eric Stokes is on the field against a tight end stays pace for pace with him in the middle of the field, gets a pass breakup, and then is, you know, not seen again. And then, like you said, we put Kevin King on the boundary and he has, or he is responsible for one touchdown. Then he runs into Chandon Sullivan and they knock each other over. And then there's another touchdown. Like at what point, you know, is he becoming a liability? And I think that's something that I've been trying to figure out myself. And, you know, curious your thoughts on this too, is, you know, what is it with the defense? You have an all pro at just, or a pro bowler at just about every position. You've got Kenny Clark, you've got your edge rushers, you've got Jair Alexander, you've got Amos and Savage, who are one of the best safety tandems in the NFL, you know, outside of yes, inside linebacker and some support along the defensive line your roster is loaded with guys that should be capable of making plays. So is it the utilization of them and the personnel that Joe Barry is trotting out? Or is it literally that teams can say, Hey, they have one good corner that we know of right now. So if we just don't throw on Jair's side of the field, it doesn't matter what's going on. If Amos is in the box and there's no safety help for Kevin King, you know, they're going to exploit that 10 out of 10 times. So do you think it's, a lack of talent? Is it the way that the talent that is here is being utilized? Is it a combination of things? Like, I guess, how can the Packers fix this or is it not fixable unless you get better players?
2: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, and I think that's the reason Mike Patton's not here anymore is because the Packers clearly thought that there's enough talent in the room. And you mentioned some of the guys and there is Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashad Gary, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, etc. cetera. I mean, I don't need to go through all the names again, but the Packers clearly think that they don't have a talent issue on the defensive side of the ball and it's utilization part. Now I say this saying, I knew there would be some growing pains with a new defensive coordinator. The problem is it can't look the way that it did. Growing pains can't be what it was on Sunday afternoon. So the stat came up that the, the saints were the first team with back to back 15 play touchdown drives since the 2000 Vikings. That means that the Packers are the first defense to give up back-to-back 15 play drive since whoever the Vikings were playing that day in 2000. It's 21 years for those of you that are mathematicians. It's a really long time. I'm not sure how to fix this. Um, you know, I think that I'm willing to give it more time. Obviously, one game's not going to make it. The Packers could pitch a shutout on Monday night, and everything's going to feel good. But for so long, the Packers defense has been the weak link on the team. There are a few exceptions. 2015, the defense was better than the offense was overall. 2019, the defense was better than the offense overall. But it does always appear to be that the defense is the main culprit when the team loses or has the more embarrassing moment. For example, in 2015, the Packers defense is better, but the lasting image of that season is Larry Fitzgerald running through the defense. 2019, the Packers defense is better than the offense, but the lasting image is getting run over by the San Francisco 49ers. Last year, the Packers offense is better. The defense, everybody says, played well in the second half, but they were a dumpster fire to start the game. I mean, you have to put together – we always want to, like, make excuses for everything that happens for this team. If Aaron Rodgers plays poorly, then we go, well, this, 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 and this happened, and he played well in the second half. Well, you have to play well for four quarters to win. That's how this works. The Tampa Bay defense last year, for example – played really well for four quarters and held the Packers to 26 points. Holding last year's Packers team to 26 points is an accomplishment. And they held the team to zero points off of three turnovers. That is incredibly impressive. For whatever reason, the Packers can't do that, or haven't been able to do that, I should say, since the year 2010. And that's why they sit with one Super Bowl ring, is because for whatever reason, they haven't been able to put it all together at the right time. But I can tell you this, if they're going to win a championship this year, and I know this this works, this team is built very similarly to the way the Colts used to build Peyton Manning's teams. They have the great quarterback, they have the players around them to score points, and they have pass rushers in corner, well, corner in Green Bay's case, to get after the opposing offense. I like the point that you made earlier, quoting somebody else, and I think that was Andy Herman saying, take the ball first and score, because the team takes on – the personality of its leader. This team's leader is Aaron Rodgers. And this is going to sound like an insult or a critique, but it's not. I promise Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a front runner. He's very the comparison to when people make the comparison of like Tom Brady is like Michael Jordan and Aaron Rodgers is like LeBron James is apropos because LeBron is kind of that way too. Aaron Rodgers is a front runner. He very much likes to play from ahead. Who doesn't? But when they fall behind, there is this tendency that bad losses look worse because that's just kind of the way it works. And this defense is built to play from ahead. So get the ball and let them play from ahead. That's kind of my thinking on that. Any thoughts before we move on to the actual matchup?
3: No, I I mean, I think that I'm in agreement with you there too, especially like, you know, we all are saying that the Lions are going to be a nice bounce back game. But then you have the 49ers and the Steelers. Like if you don't figure this out, you're potentially looking at, one and three in the first you know, quarter. I guess we can't do quarters now very seamlessly because of the 17 game season, but, you know, and it's not to be like a downer or to think that the sky is falling yet, yeah, because I don't think it is the Packers beat very good football teams last season. They played a lot of playoff teams and they looked very impressive doing it. There's always one clunker. Unfortunately, it's always a clunker that they see again in the playoffs that ruins their season. Um, but it, it's weird. And it's hard to think about, you know, if you're having trouble, This early with certain aspects. And yes, it's week one. You know, this is a really daunting schedule for this Packers team. They've got the Ravens who have an explosive offense. They've got the Chiefs. They've got the Browns. It's hard to think that the way they struggled against Winston and a bunch of receivers that not too many people could name before Sunday, you know, the defense is going to have to make some dramatic improvements because I think we know the offense can and will, but it's like you said, like if this turns into a track meet where you're winning games, 41, 38, like you better hope that the Packers have the ball last and Mason Crosby's on the field, because it could very easily in a game that matters flip where the defense lets something up, somebody else's kicker trots onto the field and that ends your season. So, you know, I, I do think that the Packers can fix this. I think we'll talk about kind of how the defense can fix it. But, you know, it, it's a really tough stretch early now outside of maybe the Lions. You've got some really tough games coming up that they're going to have to to bounce back in a big way.
2: And we've seen that before, right? Like we've watched it where it's like, well, if we can just score enough, 2016 was that way. And guess what? They ran into a team that could score and make a couple plays on defense and they got boat raced by Atlanta. The 2011 pack, we've seen the movie a million times over. What happens when your primary thought is, well, hopefully we can just outscore them and I mean, I know Kansas City is kind of built that way, but their defense has made some big plays in recent years to get them to uh, the last two Super Bowls, and they won one of them, and they won one of them because their offense didn't wake up until the fourth quarter, so their defense kept them in a game. Can the Packers do that? I don't know. They haven't. Uh, Last year, they were able. They kept the Packers, the team, in that championship game to a point where they had a chance to maybe win it, but they need to make some dramatic improvements, like I said. That starts Monday night against the Detroit Lions, uh, I think the biggest key going in here is heating up Jared Goff. And I know that that could be like the biggest key every single week, but Goff is somebody that wilts under pressure. He always kind of has. He gets a little skittish when there's guys in his face. So this is the game where Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, a lot of money in draft capital spent on those three pass rushers. Preston Smith bet on himself. Make do on that. Rashawn Gary, 12th overall pick, talking has been talked about as a bounce forward elite player kind of season time to do that. Zadarius Smith has been very vocal about some of the things. Maybe he's not that pleased about earn it. Go do it on the field. Like I know you can, like everybody has seen him do. That's not saying he hasn't done it before, but he needs to do those things and he needs to do them starting Monday night, because if he does, then the Packers can and will blow this Lions team away because golf cannot match Aaron Rodgers score for score. And I do not think the Lions defense is nearly good enough to keep this Packers defense down. I think the running game for Green Bay is going to be a big emphasis. I could see a big night for both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I just think that that starts on the defensive side of the ball. And the Packers, they need to set the tone on that side of the ball because the offense has done the job for so many years that maybe if they don't, maybe this defense, and we've talked about this on this show with this group before, take on the personality of, okay, we have a great offense, but guess what? We can be a great defense too. Putting those two things together usually leads to a really big trophy on your mantle. So. That's my thought on the biggest key for Monday night. Where does it start with you?
3: Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you. I mean, I think it has to be getting after the offensive line and getting after Jared Goff. We know Jared Goff is a downgrade from LASIK Winston. I mean, I think that, you know, he doesn't have the mobility. Um, He can scramble every quarterback, I guess, can scramble in a pinch, but that's not what Jared Goff, you know, has built his game around outside of having a phenomenal left tackle now and Penny Sewell who's still a rookie, so there will be some growing pains there, even though he did, you know, look good on Sunday. Um, yeah, this is an offensive line that's like, eh, you know, it's it's growing, but there will be pains there. And we saw some opportunities for the Packers against the Saints, but the Saints have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith got close a couple times. Obviously Z got really close before it became a penalty. Um but I think that's that's where it starts because you can kind of rely on golf the same way we thought we could rely on Winston um, to just kind of heave one up there if he's starting to feel pressure. And that's, I think, when you can get guys like Jair to capitalize and maybe, you know, I don't think, I don't want to say stupid enough, but you know, we saw Winston test Alexander's side one time and it was an incomplete pass. So I'm hoping that maybe there's an opportunity or a couple for Jared Goff to think about testing Alexander's side and then he'll make them capitalize on that. But yeah, it starts up front with the big guys.
2: As it usually does. So the Packers defense, they're not going to, I know I mentioned earlier that they could pitch shutout. They're not going to do that. I, I would be very, very surprised if they pitched a shutout. So what would you consider Maggie a success after coming off of Sunday's
3: debacle? I've been trying to think about that because I know we're going to talk final score predictions at the end of this. And, you know, even Matt LaFleur said like these games are always closer than we thought. Um, I know that technically the Packers have gone and now in LaFleur's tenure, but you know, you look at his first year and the Packers didn't lead for a single minute in that entire season and then happened to be the Lions at the last second um, in both of those games in 2019. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't want to say like holding them to 24 points because to me that still feels like a lot if the Packers win 31-24 or however it shakes out. But, you know, giving up less than 38 points. So, yeah, to me, some type of success is, you know, that DeAndre Swift is capable of breaking a big run. TJ Hawkinson is a player. Jamal Williams You know, if anybody has to score on Monday night for the Lions, I think everybody can agree that we hope it's Jamal. But, yeah, containing the run and I think limiting those options um, in the passing game. So under 20 points would be ideal.
2: That's where I'm at. I mean, the other thing about it is, does it feel like you're in control of the game? Yeah. One of my big beefs under Mike Patton was that when the other team scored, it always felt like it was just so easy to do. And I know that the defense is kind of by its nature, Ben, but don't break. That's fine. But something I really like, and I watched the Rams play defense this weekend when they played Chicago, and it's just something I wish the Packers would do. And I'm not I'm not the guy sitting here saying play man to man, be up in their face every single play, like Mike McKenzie and Al Harris used to do, because they probably don't have the personnel to do that. But they challenge everything. You know, if you make a catch, it's a contested catch, or the tackle is made instantly after that it should be more difficult to do things against this defense than it has been. And it hasn't been that way for a really long time. So that's something I would like to see is just, are you challenging the catch point or are you content with them making a five-yard reception? That's a mentality thing. And the Packers defense has kind of had this passive mentality for quite some time. And I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure how to fix it. And that's Joe Barry's job to figure out And that infectious energy, which is great if the team's doing well, if it's not, it's just a guy jumping up and down and clapping a lot on the sidelines. While we figure out that the defense just isn't very good at this point, but the hope is that they can be and that they will be final score. You mentioned, I am going to remember this at 27, 17 was my prediction. I don't think the offense is just going to light the lions up. They haven't done that. The, well, they, I know they scored 42 and I think it was 31 last year, but it was a little more difficult that second time around. I think they're going to try and play a little more ball control in this game, ram the ball down the lion's throat and take their shots a little more uh, studiously, a little more uh, to pick their spots for stuff like that. I just think that the last game you saw, I think you said it last night on Packers. She said it looked like Mike McCarthy's Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers back there. And that's not what made the Packers successful last year. They have to run. Matt LaFleur's offense and that vision of that offense and what that looks like. But if you don't, I think it's going to look a lot like that. So that's my advice for the game plan this week is if you're going to be uh, the Packers offense, if you're going to run an offense, I would recommend running the stuff you did last year. And they didn't do a whole lot of that on Sunday. Some of that was due to the score, but they started off that way. And that was a little, little concerning to me, at least, hopefully it's not a bad habit that they've fallen back into that they didn't really do for most of last year. Maggie, what are your thoughts? Packers, Lions, Monday at seven 20.
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess my thought is 80% in 11 personnel is unheard of um, for Matt LaFleur. That's I think why you would look at it and think it was McCarthy. It just, I know that, you know, they're high on MVS and Lazard, but that type of personnel just has not been a thing in the LaFleur era. He's always been about 21, 12, you know, trotting out a pony package and he did for one snap, it was Kylan Hill and Aaron Jones and it looked like it could be really exciting. And then obviously nothing happened. And then, and I know, you know, part of that was the game getting out of hand at that point. And we're not here to talk about the offense, but Jordan Love has, you know, a nice end around to Randall Cobb, who was basically only in for 15 plays of the entire game. And if this is somebody that Aaron Rodgers wanted back and everybody's raving about, you know, the role he can play in the Lafleur offense, use him in the middle of the field, open up the deep shot for MBS. Like all these things that we've all been really excited about and talking about, that's what we want to see. And I think the Packers do bounce back on Monday. I'm going to say 31-17. I think that's my score prediction. I think that he, you know, will look good. You know, I don't think he's going to come out and throw back-to-back drives of interceptions. I think he's going to protect the football a lot better. I think the offense will be on the same page. But, yeah, I mean, I think we just want to see – this offense can be better than the offense that we saw in 2020. And I think that's yep. kind of the sticky point now is what was the product? Was it really like all because of cover two? Like, is the, is that really what blew up the Packers offense? And if it is, well, it's like Aaron Rodgers said, you better get that blueprint figured out then um, so that you can address it because that's how teams are going to approach that for the rest of the season. Yeah.
2: And that's why I think they're going to run the ball as much as they will on Monday night. And hopefully they do. I think this Packers – and I know it's weird to say this, but I think Aaron Rodgers is better when the team is not necessarily on the stat sheet, but just with the way the game is called and played run first, if they are building everything around their running game, I think Rodgers is a better quarterback like most are when the game is that way. But if you're going to have him just drop back past most of the game, I don't think you can do that. So that's our thoughts on that. We are out of time. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westor follow the packet podcast at pack a day podcast like subscribe all that good stuff we will be back next week hopefully jimmy's around to talk about the packers big win over the detroit lions before heading into a sunday night game in california against those san francisco 49ers that i'm sure games out there have gone really well in recent memory right not not really okay great that's awesome uh we'll be back next week for that you
3: can follow maggie yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I will be at the game on Monday. I'll be at the Game on Wisconsin party on Sunday. If you're in the area, come say hi. Um, but yeah, follow me on Twitter. I write for She Said TV. I'm um, also part of the Packs, which she said podcast with Perry Goldstein. Um, so we've got some fun stuff coming up um, for that. But yeah, that's about it.
2: Speaking of the game on Monday, I am looking to go myself. So if anybody has an inside route on a couple of <laughs> tickets, please let me know. Or if you have an extra one and want me to join your party, I would be happy to do that as well. But that's between now and then. We'll figure all that out then. Until then, we'll see you guys next week after the Packers and Lions game Monday night, 720. The home opener at Lambeau Field. If you are going to the game, as they used to say in that G Force song, use your outside voice. It's been almost well, it's been over a full year since we've had fans in the
3: stands. So but I but not it's when the, the offense sport. is on the field.
2: Correct. Super not five, when the offense is on five. the field. Don't do the wave. Don't do anything. Don't piss off the coach. You don't need to do that. So when the defense is on the field and the kickoff unit and the kickoff return unit and all that stuff, make as much noise as you want. But when Aaron Rodgers, quiet as a church mouse. That's how it needs to be. Until then, we'll see you guys next week talking Packers and 49ers. Thank you for listening, and go Pack go.